about the three chairs for some time. I'm going to keep talking about them. But, but we're in, we're, you know, we talk about first chair uh, family life and first chair husbands and first chair wives and first chair kids. And now we're talking about first chair finances. And, you know, the first chair, that's that chair of commitment. That's where God is on the throne. There ain't no question about it. it, it he rules and reigns our life. That second chair, that chair of compromise, that's the chair of duplicity. Too many of us are living in a place of duplicity where it just depends on the situation. It just depends on how we're feeling that day. It depends on, uh, well, the, the consequences of letting God rule and reign. Hello, somebody. Come on now. We're all, let's, let's just get real for just a minute. As much as we'd all like to buy a T-shirt that says, I'm first chair. The reality is, is all of us, man, we have areas of our life where we, we slide. You know, uh, we just say, we just aren't, aren't all that. We, and don't feel too bad because there ain't nobody. Jesus was the only first chair guy, okay, <laughs> consistently. We, so don't, don't get all, don't, don't get all uh, you know, beat up and don't get all religious. Well, I'm a first chair. No, you're not. There's areas of your life that, that we got to move. And, and you know what happens is the enemy comes to get us off track. Right? That's his job. Don't be surprised. You know, uh, I think that's in the book. Don't be surprised when these things befall you. You know, don't, don't be shocked when it gets hard. Don't, guys, grow up. The enemy, he's, he's just, you know, he ain't trying to mess with you. He's trying to kill you. Right? John 10, 10, he said, the devil, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Right? Well, before he can defeat you, he has to disarm you. Right? That's what he did with Jesus. You know, he tried to tried to disarm him in the desert when they when they did warfare. It wasn't with swords and spears or guns and tanks. It was with words. It was with the word of God. And Jesus, you know, refused to be disarmed. That's what how the enemy. That, that's what he. That's how he got over on Adam and Eve in the garden. He came in. The first thing he ever said to a human is, Are "You sure God really said that?" And he and he brought doubt in. To Concerning the word of God, he disarmed them. Before he can defeat you, he has to disarm you. And so the enemy is trying to get you off the track, off the trail, trying to trying to get you to miss the mark. And, and when he comes into your world to, to, to try to wreak havoc, guess what? He doesn't show up in a red suit with a horns and a pitchfork. You know, that would be too easy. You know, that's the devil. No, he comes in under the radar trying to get you and catch you off guard. And, and, and guys, all of us, we slide around over here in these chairs. It's like musical chairs. And, and, and that second chair, compromise. We need to be able to recognize when we've slipped into compromise. It, it, just, it depends on, on what's going to happen if I obey God. I, I, you know, I'm telling you that there's people in the room right now that you already know something that God's wanting you to do that you have not yet done because of, uh, of well, the consequence of what's going to happen, what's going to look like, what people are going to feel like, how, how they're going to treat me after. And you're just kind of holding off, hoping that the weather changes or that God changes his mind. Well, delayed obedience, I think they call that immediate disobedience. But, you know, I think that's what, well, partial obedience is what they call total disobedience. I, I think what we got to learn is that, hey, we got to obey God, right? And, and, and recognize when we're in that, you know, that share compromise. And, you know, and never, uh, never hang out in the chair of, uh, you know, complacency. You know, because, you know, that third chair, that complacent chair, that's the chair that says, well, it doesn't really matter. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, until it's a really big deal. Right? It, it doesn't really matter how we raise our kids. Yeah, un, until they start walking. And then all of a sudden it becomes a bigger deal. Hello, somebody. 
Doesn't make any difference uh, how I treat my wife. You know, yes, yes, it does. Hello, it's going to make a difference. You know, it's, it's funny because we usually we we, we usually uh, get introduced to people on uh, you know who are who are headed towards divorce court about three days before divorce court, right? And, and they they want you to fix you know uh, twelve years of beating each other up you know in in about thirty minutes. We got thirty minutes. Can you fix this? You know, because it can't be late for court. And 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 the deal is is the, the stuff that didn't matter suddenly it does matter. So, you know, just just recognize when you're in that complacency always leads to conflict. Isn't it amazing that people that, that yesterday that said it didn't matter, today they're mad at God about what didn't matter yesterday. You know, it doesn't, I don't care what you think. You ever had a kid say that to you? Ever had a friend? I don't, I don't care what you think. Well, then why are you so bothered by what I think? And it don't take long. Till complacency shifts to conflict. And all of a sudden, oh, we care. We're up in your face. We're ready to rip your lips off. You're, why? Well, because of what you think. Yeah, but what I think doesn't matter. And we do that with God. We make decisions all the time. We, didn't, we don't care what God thinks. Well, I have never felt that way. Well, really? You made decisions without talking to him? Then you must not have cared. You know, and, and the enemy slides us in there, and, and he just kind of leads us over there. Why? Because he doesn't want us to have the end result that God's planned for our life. You know, he, he wants to separate us from the great life that God's created for us. It's on the wall. Read it on your way out. Get it tattooed backwards on your forehead. So when you, when you look in the mirror, there it is. You know, but do it in invisible ink or something. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. God's got a plan for your life, and it is to prosper you, not harm you. It's to give you hope. It's to give you future. Well, how do I get it? You've got to get into the Word of God. How are you going to be first chair finance guy? How are you going to be a first chair finance family? How are you going to do it? You're going to have to do it according to the Word of God. So you've got, you got to dive in. Listen to this. First chair people. Uh, first chair people, how they look at the Bible, they submit. You know, they're, they're seeking change. They're not going to God's Word looking for a good read. Well, you know, I, I'm gonna. You know, we get so spiritually intellectual. That's crazy. You know, I, you know. Well, according to Reverend J. Fluffyhead, well, I don't care what he said. You know, what's the Word of God say? Let's take this stuff. Let's digest it. Let's meditate it. Let's let it change us from the inside out. And and, and the more religious you get, and the, and the more, well, I, I'm really really smart. I'll just tell you right up front, I'm as dumb as a rock. And all I want to do is hear God and obey God. God is, man, that, every time I think, ooh, I got some stuff figured out, you know, it's a mess. And uh, I, I don't want to live off of my intellect. Uh, Romans 8, 6. I'm not saying that you should we go to Brown. This, this is Brown, isn't it? This used to, you changed the tape. Yeah, I know what you guys did. It's me. I'm electric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. They changed the tape, man. Just put it part of the message. Anytime you hear that, just say, thank you, Jesus. Because okay? it's, like, it's, like it's like one of those things that kills mosquitoes. Bug zapper. It's a bug zapper. And that's another demon. Just got, okay, okay. so don't, don't, don't even worry about it. Okay. Uh, where was I? What was I talking about? I got this. I got this. Huh? Romans 8, 6. Romans 8, 6 says to be, uh, to be carnally minded is death. The Amplified Bible says that what defines carnal mind, it says sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. 
Now, I'm not telling you to live. It should make sense. And I'm not telling you to live without reason. But if you have sense and reason, but no Holy Spirit, you're living dangerous. Because you think you're smart. You think that the education and intellect is going to help you. No, because Jesus comes along and does some crazy stuff. You know, he's spitting in the mud and opening the eyes of the blind. Find that in your book. You know, go to the library and pull that one out. You know, you know, you can get on the Internet. You can't even figure that one out. Right? You, you know, you can get on the Internet and get the recipe for, for uh, uh, Red Lobster's Cheddar Biscuits. Oh, yeah. That, I, that's the first time you've ever said, oh, yeah, in church. I just want to, I just want to, you know, come on, give me some. Give me. <laughs> Man, I ain't never seen you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you get on the Internet, you can get a recipe for all kinds of stuff. You can blow the world up if you, if you just do a Google search. Find healing spit. You know, what's Jesus do? He comes and crosses the line of reason. He does some stuff that you just can't explain. And that's, that's why you can't just, you can't just relax on, on your wisdom and, 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 and your, you know, your awesome perspective. Now, I mean, it's sharp. It's cool. It's awesome. But it ain't God. And you need the Holy Spirit. And, and, and first-year guys, man, they're going to the Word looking for change. And they're wanting the Word of God to change them. They're wanting to, you know, change the way I think. God, man, God, if I am wrong, correct me. I don't, I don't want to live life wrong. And, and, but, 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 hey, I'm a good debater, so I can, I can make everybody think I'm right. Who cares? I want to live I want to live God. I want conviction. I want the Word of God to shape me. I want His Word to, to mold me. And, and, you know, Romans 12, 2 in, in the Amplified, check it out. It says, uh, don't be conformed to this age and adapted after its external superficial customs. Come on, knock that outside stuff off. Be transformed. Changed by the entire renewal of your mind. New ideas, new attitude. Look at somebody telling you, you need a new attitude. But look at what it says. So that you may prove for yourself what the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. Even the thing that's good, acceptable, perfect in his sight for you. You know why you need your mind to be renewed? is so that it can be proven to you what God's will for your life is. Not so you can prove it to somebody else. You, you need it proven to you. Yeah, I know too many believers. Well, I'm not sure that God wants us to prosper. Well, why do you put it in the book so often? God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. You know, hello? He, he, his plan is that you would prosper. I pray above all things that you would prosper. Uh, well, I'm not sure. God, well, you know what that is? That's, a, that's an indicator that the will of God has not been proven to you. That you're unsure. So you waver back and forth. And so then you allow your circumstance to tell you what you believe instead of standing on your beliefs until your circumstances align. And see, there's the difference that we've, that we've got to get to is that, uh, well, you know, I'm wavering. I don't know if it's God's will to heal. Well, then move over because I know it is God's will to heal, right? And, and, and I'm not going to die, but I'm going to live and declare the goodness of my king. Well, yeah, but what if we pray for somebody and, and, and then they slip on into eternity? That doesn't change the word of God. So I'm not going to change my belief system because of a, an experience. I'm going, to, I'm going to stand on the Word of God until my experiences start lining up and aligning. And see, that's, uh, to me, I, I just want you to understand something, that a first-chair mindset 
is going to the Word of God and, and, and continuing. Why, and shape me, mold me, because there's stuff I don't understand. I got sense. That don't make sense to me. Uh, you know, reason. I just I can't reason with that. Why it's not doing it? Well, now I need the Holy Ghost. I need Holy Spirit to come in and give him the opportunity to begin to say things and, and educate me, you know, uh, tell me what I don't know. And that's the first chair. See, a second chair mindset, uh, they don't submit. They just respect the Bible. It's a great book. It's got a lot of great things to say. But second chair people really receive more instruction from other sources, other voices, other authors. You know, uh, they got all kinds of stuff that they're going to to build their life on. And uh, they've convinced themselves that the Bible offers a way, but it's not the way. I mean, you know, I mean, look, at, look at the age that we live in. I mean, come on. You, you, it's time, time, time to come out from the backwoods. Come on up into the... The Bible is the truth today. Hello? And... Uh, you know, any time you find yourself in that second chair, see, that's just, it's just compromise. It's compromise. The third chair believer, uh, uh, well, see, first chair submits, second chair respects, third chair, they possess. They possess a Bible. But the Bible does not possess them. They own the Word of God, probably. But the Word of God does not own them. They think it's a great place to hide $100 bills. Well, ain't nobody ever going to look in there. So you just put, put important papers that you can't afford to lose. You put them in the Bible. If you ever go to a garage sale and there's Bibles there, thumb through them. It could be the best 39 cents you've ever spent. Because, I mean, you find some stuff in there. You get the title to the Lincoln. <laughs> Suicide door. There it is. It's in the, it's a, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you just, you just got to understand something. That that's, the, that's that mentality about the Word of God. Well, I never have a mentality like that. Really, when's the last time you picked up your Bible? See, the enemy, again, before he can defeat you, he has to disarm you. He wants your Bible sitting on a coffee table in the living room gathering dust instead of the Word of God in your mind preparing you for warfare. That's where he wants you. Well, what does that have to do with finances? Everything. Because you've got to go to the Word of God to find out what God's going to do in your world financially. Remember Ezra? We got that one. Put that up. Ezra, he said, uh, and we started the year here. We fasted that we might humble ourselves before God to seek from him the right way for us. The right way for our little ones. That's the next generation. And the right way for all our possessions, our substance. God has a right way for you. Come on. A right way for you, which, which means there, there could be a wrong way. Which would probably be what the enemy is trying to get you to do is to go the wrong way. But God's trying to lead you the right way. So, so here's the deal, and here's the thing that you've got to understand, is that if there's a right way for you, there's a right way for your little ones or the next generation, and there's a right way for your substance. Anything that God's put in your stewardship, there's a purpose for it. And see, what happens is the enemy comes along, and, 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 and uh, you know, He's, he's, he's like got great vision. Can I just tell you that the enemy sees better things in your future than you do? You know, he, I said the, the enemy sees your future, and he, he, you know, he sees better things out there than you do. And so that's, that's why he's trying to push off the trail. 
And that, that's why he's trying to put a stop to you because, you know, he's, he's trying to, to sabotage the purpose that God has for your life. So uh, he sees these things coming, and he also sees God working in a way that's preparing you for where God's taking you. You know, I have not seen, ears not heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man the things which God hath prepared for those that love it. Prepared, made ready in advance. So, so along the trail, there's stuff that, that the Lord has made ready for you. And you're going through and you're, you're collecting the stuff. And, and, and here it comes. And the enemy sees, he sees, and he's putting two and two together. He sees all the stuff along the trail that, that the Lord's prepared for you. And he kind of sees the direction you're going. He, he's not stupid. He figures out, oh, my Lord. They're going to go up here, and they're going to be positioned to humiliate him. What should we do? Let's get them to use the stuff before they get to the place. So all he does is open opportunities for you. You know, again, he doesn't show up and say, hi, I'm the devil. I'm here to steal. May I, may I, may I wreak havoc? You know, you close the door. He, but he, he shows up, and, and, and he just he talks you into using for the wrong purpose what God's placed in your hand. Uh, the word abuse, abnormal use, two words put together, make one word, abnormal use. Anytime you use a thing for a purpose other than the purpose that, which the thing was created for, it is abnormal use. You're abusing the thing. Remember back in the day, some of you guys can remember this. Uh, remember back in the day when we used to take the, the knife out of the drawer, the, the butter knife, to, to put the things on the back of the TV? You know, to hook up the, the come on. Help me. To, to, to hook up the, the rabbit ears to the TV to get the antenna working, you take the knife and use it for a screwdriver because it's a lot easier to go into the kitchen than it was to go to the garage. And besides, if you went to the garage, you couldn't find a screwdriver because they'd use that out in the front yard for pulling weeds. You know, uh, and so you'd go and, you'd, and remember, you'd sit down for dinner and, and the, end of the, of the end of all of our knives were bent because, <laughs> man, somebody tightened them screws down. <laughs> and abnormal use. Anytime you use a thing for a purpose other than the purpose for which the thing was created, Man, I, t- I tell you what, I-, I wish I had a few more minutes. Um, what the enemy wants you to do is abuse your finances. So that you use it for a purpose other than which God brought it to you for. Right? So that when you get to where you're going, you ain't got what you need to do what he called you to do. Then you get to the place, the position of effectual opportunity that God's led you to. And he says, okay, do this. And you say, I can't. And he says, why not? Well, I can't afford it. And God's saying, why can't you afford it? I, I prepared you for this moment. I, I prepared you for this. What do you mean you can't afford it? What do you mean all that stuff along the way was for this? I went to Disneyland. <laughs> Some giant rat stole your money, God. <laughs> I mean, we do all kinds of crazy stuff. Come on, come on. I, okay, let me just be transparent. I'll just tell you, I've done some crazy stuff. You know, and then got to the place where God says, okay, here we go. You ready? No. Well, what do you mean, no? I'm not ready. What do you need? Money. I gave that to you already. <laughs> no. Where is it? Gone, gone, gone. Why? Because we're not being like Jesus. Well, don't, don't you know, look at your neighbor and tell him, Jesus saves. See, if you were like Jesus, you'd get to where you're at and you would have saved the money. You'd be prepared. We need a revelation. 
See, you think God's trying to get all your money. Well, the church, all they want is my money. That's ridiculous. God wants to bless your life. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to renew you. He wants to revive you. And, and he wants you to prosper. Uh, man, check this out. I just want to read one passage of Scripture, uh, Job 22, 21 through 30. I just want to read it. It says, now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, come on. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool if, if we could just be at peace? And, and, and just think, we're talking first year of finance. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could financially just be at peace? When you weren't laying awake at night worried about money. When you weren't looking at your future wondering how in the world are we going to do that? Well, he said, acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. And good will come to you. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tent. Then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. And the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. From then you will have your delight in the Almighty and Lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to him. He will hear you. My Lord, somebody. And, and you, and you, gosh, this verse is so awesome to me. You make your prayer to him. He will hear you, and you will pay your vows. I'm t- I, just wanna, I just want to throw this at you again. Uh, and there's not enough time on a Sunday morning to, to get everything in. But can I just tell you something? If you do life God's way, he's going to walk you out of debt. I'm telling you that he's going to walk you out of debt. Because he wants you to serve him and him alone. And the Bible says that the borrower is servant to the lender. But wait a minute, I'm supposed to serve the Lord alone. So if I start serving God alone, God's going to empower me so that I don't have to serve the lender. Next verse. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. My Lord, somebody. When they, when they cast you down and you say, exultation will come, then he will save the humble. He will even deliver the one who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered by the purity of your hands. So it's almost like God saying, listen... I want to set you up to win in every situation. Financially, I want to break the chains of bondage off of your life. I want to get you out of debt. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll throw in a little household salvation like whipped cream on top of the Sunday. I took this verse, and God just really started talking to me. So I took this verse word by word, broke it down, went strong, went to, I'm telling you, it's just another demon trying to stop us. I saw that one fall. We're going to have to get a blower in here next and blow off the dead demon bodies. You know I'm kidding, right? Okay. Because um, every, every once in a while I say stuff, and then I know what you, the guy that really needs to hear this thing, that dude's nuts. Okay, okay. I am, but that's another point. Okay, so word for word, I took this scripture, <laughs> I tore it apart, and put it and translated it. And there's some great translations. I challenge you today, go home and read this passage from some different 
translations. But I just took this and just really went to God. Okay, what are you saying? Because I was stuck here. We're going to get this. We were going to get this. And and here's what what it came out. And just, man, just wrap your heart around something here and, and walk out of here with it. Acquaint yourself with God. It literally means to acquaint yourself. That doesn't mean it's high and then move on. These, uh, the, the word literally means to, to sit down and spend time with and, and, and the way to do it. And, and if you study this word, you find out what it literally says is make yourself useful to God. Live for his benefit. Get in covenant with him. Be at peace. Get in covenant with him. And good will come to you. Welfare, prosperity, and happiness will come to you. Receive the word like you would receive a spouse. Marry yourself to his word. Become one with the word of God. Get a solid grip on his words. Fix your heart on his words. Find your courage in his words. If you'll stop chasing other things and serve God alone, your life will be built up. Houses will be built. Families will be built. Businesses will be built. Barrenness will bow its knee, and you'll experience breakthrough in every arena of life. Sales will be made. Doors will swing open. Relationships restored. Canker worm, what is eaten, God will restore. Wrongs will be made right. The seed eater will be driven out of your tent. You'll begin to recognize what and who your heart truly treasures. Gold will no longer be quite so valuable. Silver won't mean so much. Cash, or the lack of it, won't keep you awake at night. Because you'll find strength truly is in the Lord. Regardless of how little you possess, with God you'll learn it's more than enough. You'll take exquisite delight in the Almighty as He lifts you above your circumstances. He'll lift you to a place where you'll sit face to face with God. Your conversation with the Lord will become easy. He'll not only hear your prayer, he'll answer them. And your covenant of peace with him will break every bondage in your life, including debt. He'll place dreams in your heart like putting words in your mouth, and they'll come to pass almost as quickly as you're saying them. It will be as if he's turning lights on in places that once were too dark to see. And suddenly, you'll begin to see and recognize opportunities you've never even noticed before. You'll no longer be the one always needing a hand up. His word through your life will empower you to lift others. Your life will teach his ways. And he will use you as an illustration of his goodness. And those who've not by any choice of their own become isolated from God, held as prisoners by the enemy. They will be brought out of prison and granted their freedom as a result of your allowing God to work through you. I got to tell you something. That's just kind of like rocking my world. Uh, uh, you know, there's, just, there's, there's parts of this that I think just for, for people in the room, just listen. You're no longer going to need the hand up. But his word through your life will empower you to lift others. And the enemy's trying to tell you, man, you must be a real loser here. Because all the time, you're always needing help. Wait, don't you see that the, that the enemy sees where God's leading you? 
And you're going and you're looking for financial, you know, assistance. But what God's wanting you to look is find some revelation in the word that's going to change the way you think. Because the way you think determines the way you feel. And the way you feel determines the choices that you're making. And the choices that you're making determine the actions that you're performing. And the actions that you're performing determine the habits that you're developing. The habits, that, that, that tells you about the character that's being produced. And your character ties you to an end result. And so the enemy's got you stuck over here, but God wants to take you over there. So what he has to do is to change the end result. He's got to change your character. And in order to change your character, he's got to change your habits. And to change your habits, he's got, he, well, he's got to change those consistent actions. So he's got to change them actions, change those actions. He's got to change your choices. And to change those choices, he's, well, he's got to change your emotions because you got to change the way you feel because every choice is a result of an emotion. So you got to change the way you feel. In order to change the way you feel, he's got to change the way you think. How does he do that? By changing the words that you're building your life on. So you think you need financial assistance. No, what you need is a word change. I said what you need is a word change. We need marriage help. No, you need word help. You need to change the word that you're building your marriage on. Well, uh, you know, uh, I need physical help. No, you need a word help. You need to change the words that define your, your life. Hello, somebody. My God, this is good. I'm buying the tape. You guys were going to sell them to you. They're eighty nine ninety five, plus handling. Here's the deal: is that God God wants to God wants to change your end result. Finances in every realm of your life. Well, what am I going to do? Let me give you the bottom line. I'm supposed to be done right now, but let me give you the bottom line. Okay, one. Write this down. Four easy steps. One. Make yourself useful to God. Well, how do we do that? Well, you're going to have to get acquainted with the Word. Acquaint thyself with Him. You know what? You're going to, have to spend some time fellowshipping with God, getting in the Word of God. Well, I'm not so sure if I believe this. Well, get in the book. Don't take my word for it. Get His Word on it. Press in. Develop some. I don't know how to read the Bible. Ask for help. We will help you. I think what you need to do is start a class. We've done that. Nobody showed up. Or I shouldn't put it that way. There were 14 people who knew how to read the Bible that came to the how to read the Bible class. You want help or you want excuses? You know all an excuse is? The skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. Just thought I'd share that with you. Acquaint thyself with God. Get to know the Word of God. I'm going to, you know, I just want to throw a couple thoughts at you. Do you know the Lord? Yes, I know the Lord. Do you know the Lord pretty well? Yes, I know the Lord pretty well. If you don't know the Word, you don't know the Lord. Well, I've been to church my whole life. Well, I've been to Mexican restaurants my whole life, but I'm not Hispanic. You could have sat in a garage four or five days. You're not a car. Right? You can hit the golf course over and over and over and over again. That don't make you a golfer. And there's several people in the room who can prove that. Make yourself useful to God. Get acquainted with God. Understand. If I get acquainted, you know what it really means? Is 
Learn his plan. Learn his plan. I, I know God. Really, what's his plan for your life? I'm not sure what God's plan. Then you don't know God. Get in there. Okay, God, there's the right way for me. Which way is it? Get acquainted with God. Number two, receive the word. Don't just listen. Don't you, well, I hear, no, receive. The problem with a lot of us, when James said, receive with meekness the engrafted word, a lot of people, they listen to the word, but they don't receive it. They don't take every word of God and say, that's, that's for me. You're sitting here, a lot of you, listen, you, you'll, hear, you'll hear a scripture and you'll think of who you should apply that to. Forgive, and you're, you're thinking of several people who really need to operate in that realm. No, you receive it. Well, come on, I'm preaching better than you're amen. <laughs> you, you, receive, you receive it. How do I apply it to my life? You know, uh, I, I'll be honest with you. Most of the time, the, the messages that are really good, that are really effective, are, are the ones where God's dealt with me. And I'm, sure, I'm sure this is true with the other speakers. I'm just telling you my life. The, the ones where God has dealt with me, and I can share with you what God's been saying. When I, when I get frustrated with you and use Scripture to correct you, it's usually a dud. I've tried it at home. I've tried it with my kids. I've tried it with... But, but when you receive the Word, make it your own. Make it your own. People come all the time. Do you know what so-and-so's doing? I do not even care. But, but I don't care. God's dealing with me. Right? God's deal, and and if God needs me to step into something, speak into it, He'll tell me. Receive His word, right? Acquaint yourself with God. Receive His word. Number number three. Stop chasing everything else. Uh, read this in the in the message later, and 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 it'll say to you, uh, uh, let go of. Uh, let's just read it. Put it in the message real quick. Here we go. Relax your grip on your money. Can I help you with your finances? Realize you're, you don't have a finance problem. You have a word problem. Let go of the money. Relax. Abandon your gold-plated luxury. There's probably most of the stuff that you're just dying to get. Uh, you 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 just got a kind of you got a glimpse there. Uh, I'm dying to get my hand on it. No, that when you get your hand on it, it's gonna kill you. It's gonna destroy your future. Uh, number four, simply serve God alone. Serve God alone. Amen. If you're here in the room today, and, and you've got some financial stuff, I mean dilemma, chaos.